Hello and welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management in small teams, businesses and organisations between 2 to 50 people. My name is Cedric. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. Uh, today, we're going to be revisiting the manager's job uh, again, which is sort of a, a strange thing to do considering that I was I spoke about the manager's job such a long time ago. And also because I uh, have said many times that I consider the manager's job to be the core of my management philosophy. And also, in many ways, I think the core of Andy Grove's management philosophy. And I think the management philosophy of many managers that I know. Um, they understand and regard their job, their, their core responsibility as to increase the output of their team. And I've mentioned this, I think it was episode four uh, or the third episode in the management for startups, uh, uh, the bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager. I said that the manager's job is your North Star, right? It is how you get good as a manager. Uh, and and in so in explaining this, as I said, I mentioned that this was how I got I got good at, at management uh, with with you know, a few mentors to, to guide me along the way. But pretty much how I got good was simply just week after week, just sitting down and reflecting like, oh, um, in the past week, did I increase the output of my team or did I decrease the output of my team? If I increase, then yay, celebration. Uh, and then sort of just think of new and better ways to increase the output of my team further. And if I decrease the output of my team, then that's an opportunity to learn, right? To reflect and say like, oh, how can I prevent that from happening? And if just, I said that if just week after after week, this is all you do. You sit down, you think, and you reflect uh, on what you've done to increase or decrease the output of the team with the aim of continuously trying to further increase the output, you will eventually become a great manager or a, a, at least a, a good manager, right? Um, and I think, and I sort of also mentioned, I think in the final episode of that of the mini-series, the bare minimum you need to know to be an adequate manager, I said that the manager's job is how um, learning to be a good manager, the path to being a good manager becomes easy and simple because if you only have one metric to optimize, then everything sort of becomes a, a lot, uh, it's no longer that overwhelming, right? If you just sort of take a step back as a new manager and sort of look at all there is to learn about management, you will be overwhelmed. But if you take things uh, one week at a time, one technique at a time, and just focus on how can I increase the output of my team just that little bit more for this week, for the coming week, then you will see a clear path to mastery uh, over the skill of management. Um, and and, and the, the heart of it, the, the thing that makes this possible is simply recognizing that your job is simply to increase the output of your team, uh, which then makes it simple. Um, I, I think uh, the manager's job is really core and really basic. And so it's sort of strange to bring this up again. Um, uh, and, but recently, a friend of mine who came back uh, from Silicon Valley uh, was telling me that the manager's job is not complete if you just say it like that. Um, so I, I've, you know, the manager's job is obviously to increase the output of your team. But my friend told me that if I didn't uh, make it clear that this, this, this sort of injunction, this prescription is for the long term, then what might happen is that a new manager, a new B manager who doesn't really know much about management might listen or hear my injunction and think that, oh, okay, so the manager's job is to increase the output of their team by whatever means necessary, including doing whatever you know is, is, is necessary to just increase the maximum amount of output, to squeeze the maximum amount of output out of their team, and so cause burnout and you know retention problems one year, two years down the line. And it's it's obviously 
you know, to me, it, it's obvious that this is not acceptable. But my friend pointed out to me that there is a history of, of this sort of misunderstanding. Um, apparently, in the turn of the century, around the 1900s or the 1910, uh, during the Industrial Revolution, there was this man called Frederick Winslow Taylor, and he came up with the whole science of management, which, you know, has... Uh, engulfed us for more than a century at this point. And he argued that the whole point of management is to increase uh, the output for the purposes of, well, in that case, was the purposes of industrialization, right? Because it was the industrial age, um, the revolution, the manufacturing revolution, and the whole uh, creation of factories across England. Um, and Taylorism, as it came to be known, this scientific, he called it scientific, but it wasn't really scientific, scientific study of management uh, was to increase the output of the team or to increase the output of the factories. And as a result, uh, people had horrible working conditions. Uh, there was like unparalleled num uh, amount of like children and women who were forced to work in factories and all sorts of health problems and horrible working conditions. Uh, and it, indeed, like maybe like I think it was a few decades later that eventually labor unions came into being. Um, and also like much later after that was Marxism, right? The whole idea uh, of rebelling against these capitalist overlords who don't care about your uh, working conditions and treated the workers uh, as machines or cogs in a wheel simply just to increase output by whatever means necessary. So there is a long history of horrible applications done in the name of the manager's job. And my friend told me that if I wasn't careful, a uh, completely naive new manager might think that it's acceptable to achieve the manager's job by whatever means necessary, including uh, means that will eventually cause burnout in his or her team. Now, I obviously don't believe that. And I, I naive... Oh. I thought that, you know, nobody listening to the manager's job will ever conclude that it's acceptable to create a workplace environment that causes uh, burnout. Um, but again, I, as I sort of just step, take a step back and sort of think about it, it is perfectly imaginable that somebody might take the manager's job or the injunction of the manager's job to mean increasing output by whatever means necessary. And I think um, the main danger isn't in the obvious, like, oh, you know, I'll cause retention problems. I will, I will squeeze, you know, like I will, I expect all my workers to be in the office for like 12 hours every day from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, I don't think th that extreme is the danger of, of uh, uh, this, this sort of uh, oversight. Uh, I think the danger is in the subtle edges, right? Like, so obviously, if you're in a startup, your main goal is to find product market fit and you are in a race against time to try to find a viable business, a valuable business. And in many cases, you have competitors as well. And all these forces basically just, you know, they, they combine to make it very attractive for you to sort of just work more and demand more from your, your workers, from your team. And I know this because it happened to me as well. Um, and I think the danger here is that you allow it to affect your judgments in the little things, right? In like, should I uh, push my team and demand them to OT, to, to, to work overtime for this one very important client project because being able to pull off this client project would bring so many good things to my startup. Um, you would think things like, oh, you know, it's just this one time, right? Uh, uh, it's, it's not a permanent company culture. I'm just going to ask for it just once. But then sort of like, um, you know, 
sort of like divorce or like a marriage uh, where uh, one mistake is okay so and two mistakes are okay maybe ten mistakes are okay but over the course of six months to a year um, repeatedly making these tiny decisions that sacrifice uh, uh, work-life balance uh, over in, or in pursuit of startup uh, business necessities um, will eventually cause burnout, will eventually cause retention problems. Um, and so you do need to keep in mind that, yes, your job is to increase the output of the team, but whenever necessary, you should keep in mind the long-term as well as the short-term. Um, my friend who you know, learned all of this, learned management in a big company, also pointed out to me that a more uh, pernicious, a, a more... A dangerous form of this is in the case of large multinational companies. So if you've ever heard of or worked in a large traditional multinational company, uh, one of the ways in which uh, you have to get promoted on the corporate path is to do some time in an office abroad. So in, in this particular case, it will be like you will be stationed two years in Vietnam to learn uh, operations in the office in the, in, in the Vietnam branch of this multinational company, and then maybe two years in Saudi Arabia, you know, two years in, in uh, India. Uh, before coming back uh, to HQ and eventually rising up the ranks to becoming an executive. And in many of these cases, uh, if the MNC isn't very um, sort of uh, careful about the way it designs its incentives, what happens is that these rising executives will come in, say, take over the office in India and then squeeze, you know, uh, work out of that office, out of that team to achieve uh, his or her goals to get promoted. And then they get promoted away. Uh, and eventually, and then whoever comes in after them, you know, bears the brunt of the costs of all these short-term hacks that uh, this rising executive did just simply to uh, get good results in order to get promoted and then sort of, you know, just don't not care, wash his or her hands off all the problems that he or she created when he or she was in that in that particular office. And that's sort of a, a perfect example of the modern version of this. Like, I think management has advanced since uh, the days of the Industrial Revolution. Um, ma managers and, and labor unions exist and laws exist to protect workers. I mean, the whole notion of workers' rights basically had to be created in response to the excesses of Taylorism, right, of scientific management as, per, as under Frederick Winslow Taylor. Um, but... Even so, even with all these improvements that that has you know that that management that we figured out in management over the past century, it is still a problem in badly designed environments, in badly designed incentives, which I think exists not only in MNCs but in startups. So the startup version of this is that you uh, find the the need to achieve product market fit or the needs of the business so compelling that you just sort of wash your hands and not think of retention. But the problem with this is obviously if you if you have a team of people that you know just can't be ours or like you know can't be uh, pushed to uh, work hard, what happens is eventually you know they start leaving and when you, and you find that in a team with very bad retention where people are always quitting, you'll find that it's very difficult to pull off strategy, right? Uh, in fact, I think it's a necessity uh, to have a long enough uh, tenure of, of team members in order to pull off and execute a strategy because very often uh, in business, strategies take about a year or two years to pull off. 
And if you have people leaving uh, throughout this period where you're executing on your strategy, you basically have no continuity, right? And you're also very inefficient because you'll be wasting all your time and energy retraining and, and, and trying to shore up the fact that you're losing both people with institutional knowledge of how to get things done in your company, as well as uh, technical know-how, which you've spent time training them if, if you know, you've been doing your job as a manager. So it's very bad to keep losing people. And I think it's 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 very clear that the manager's job uh, being, you know, you need to increase the output of your team should never come at the expense of retention uh, at, at a base level as, as sort of a moral level. I, I don't see why any manager would ever want to create a work environment that is horrible for people to work in. Uh, I've always sort of just assumed maybe naively, maybe, you know, maybe it's my blind spot that whatever I did, whatever management technique that I adopted should always... Uh, uh, keep in mind that I do need to keep retention up uh, and that I, I do need to keep motivation up because there's a lot, a lot of downstream benefits to having good retention and to have people stay on in your team. Um, but be that as it may, so I'm going to sort of just uh, say that, yes, the manager's job is really important. Yes, the manager's job is core to my philosophy of management and should be core, I believe, to your philosophy of management as well. Um, it should be your guiding principle. It should be your North Star. But at the same time, you do need to think about the manager's job in the context of the long term. That means you want to increase the output of your team over the long term. You don't want to do things that squeezes long, uh, short term uh, uh, output uh, improvements uh, at the cost of losing people later, of causing burnout and having bad retention over the course of like six months to one year. And my proposed solution to this is the typical management uh, solution for over-optimizing one variable. So the general, as a general principle, the solution to so sort of uh, any sort of organizational problem where you're over-optimizing for one metric is to pair it with a second metric that is at, at odds uh, directly or, or partially at odds with the first metric. And in this case, I'd say that as a manager, you should watch your retention uh, and that is a your paired indicator because obviously it is intention with, uh, it's intention, sorry, um, with trying to optimize the maximum output possible from your team. Uh, and so if you keep this in mind, I think you do pretty well. I'm a bit amazed that I actually have to go and make a follow-up podcast uh, on the manager's job. I thought I already just covered this and uh, done a proper treatment of it. But well, every day, you know, you learn new things. So if you're a new manager and you hear about the manager's job, keep in mind that you still need to temper it with keeping retention high. Okay, that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Cedric out.